Tell them you never know. Today's episode is brought to you by OnlySteves.com. OnlySteves.com is the only place to get exclusive content from Mike, like the YNK Podcast Plus, where we release two exclusive episodes every month. Or Music Premium, where Mike releases two never-heard-before exclusive songs every month. So head on over to OnlySteves.com today and check it out. Here we are. As soon as Mike's done texting, we'll start the episode. I'm ready. I'm here. 100 episodes. We did it. Wow. What a milestone. It's only right just you and I in a <laughs> quiet hotel room in a what new a, city. A fitting time, too, because... Just ended the first leg of the tour. What a ride! What a ride that was. Feels like there's a lot of uh, commemoration happening. Um, yeah. You know, just I forget who said it. I think it was Joey Paris. Just, it feels like there's a lot of shit going on right now for you guys. Mm-hmm. Good things. It's really exciting. Exciting time. Exciting time to be a Steve. If I were to summarize it all in one word, I would say acceleration. Mm. we've just been accelerating the past like year year and a half we've just been accelerating yeah and it just seems like it keeps piling on higher and higher yeah yeah i mean that tour that was crazy the the payoff Mm -hmm. you know with covid happening and us taking a leap of faith leaving los angeles and i don't know no real plan um and the rebrand and all of that um, just a lot of change in our lives, mm-hmm. and to have the payoff feels so, so, so fulfilling. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's kind of bittersweet because we've been doing this for eleven years now, touring and doing mm-hmm. shows, and we're like obviously on like the closer to the end, and then we are at the beginning of doing live shows and touring the way we're touring. How, how do you like? Have you? How does that? How do you feel during the process of that? Because for me, when like when we're going out on stage, I definitely was more present. Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm like, we're not gonna get too many of these. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, you know, I'm I'm a big uh, preacher of the you never know, obviously, but uh, y- you know, it's weird because we've been doing it for a fucking decade. Yeah. But as this new entity and this new vibe and the new music and new brand. It's technically brand new. Yeah. So you have that kind of dichotomy. Um, we're like a pretty well-oiled machine, which is new, mm-hmm. a new feeling. Yeah. Um, me not partying nearly as, as hard or often mm-hmm. almost opened my eyes to the potential of like being able to do it more than I thought. Um, and you know, I really it, it it reminded me how I really do enjoy being on stage, and I really do enjoy that feeling, and and uh, just sharing that that room with the people and mm-hmm. celebrating, you know, the culture we built. Um. So to answer the question, I mean, it did have a little bit of a bittersweet feeling, but. I'm also not married to any, I'm, I'm open to all possibilities in regards to the future, you know? Yeah. Is it going up? Yes, you know? People may bat an eyelash out saying that, like, oh, what do you mean? Like, it's just getting started, you know? You guys are just taking off, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, 
you know, you know me. I'm looking at everything from an overall life perspective and, and also from an entrepreneurial perspective, and it is. It's just extremely hard on your body and your mind and, and also on our other businesses. Yeah. But I'm working pretty vigorously. I'm headed to Miami in a few days to onboard our operators who are partnering with us on our overall business, mm -hmm. which, which means like, yeah, our businesses, our, our digital e-commerce business doesn't necessarily have to take a real hit you know, from being on the road it, once we get these guys onboarded and they're running our back offices of our businesses. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, you know, let's, who, who knows where it goes. We have two more legs of this tour. Yep. Um, it's so much. You know, we're going to play 30 more dates before this year's over. So mm -hmm. um, we'll just kind of see it play by ear, you know. Um, it does feel like things are going to change, you know. Well, I mean, 11 years ago, we were like just out of college. Yeah, we're just kids, you know. And then I wouldn't say our circumstances have changed lifestyle-wise that much. But I mean, let's fast forward another five to ten years. I bet our circumstances are going to be a lot. Different. Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have fucking kids in five years, probably. Married you know? kids, then touring is a whole different thing, you know. Yeah, and it's its own thing, and maybe maybe we are, maybe we aren't, you know. Um, it's just it, I love the potentiality of it all. You yeah, know? yeah. I think that's the kind of the the beauty of it. We look someone like Ernest, and he's like, you know, bringing his kid to the shows. Yeah, and like he's on the tour bus with him fucking adorable mm -hmm. so it can be done yeah it's definitely like the country guys are a great example they do that yeah for real they have a whole family bus yeah and then a production bus and then a crew bus and so it just kind of depends on how we feel like uh, you know that's the beautiful part i'm i'm we're in the driver's seat like we'll decide right. we also have the young buck and skis just getting his feet wet <laughs> yeah um yep and you know who knows what anyone's ties are to that in regards to touring I mean, he's got a long journey ahead of him to be, but we're obviously going to be kind of behind that. So we'll see. You know, it it does have that feeling of uh, there's not much of this vibe left mm -hmm. being what it is. You know, just like a bunch of guys rocking and rolling together. But you the know? ski store, who knows? Yeah, the ski store could just be. We were jooking about like who's going to be on the ski store. <laughs> Who'll be like tour manager. <laughs> It'll be you and blew you up. Yeah, who's going to take the reins? Yeah. <laughs> It'll mm. just be 2011 all over again. Yeah. Forgetting yeah. to get paid at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> all that fun. Losing the car keys. Losing the car keys, <laughs> getting locked out of the fucking, getting kicked out of the hotels. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it's, 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 I still need to reflect on it. I haven't reflected at all. Just been, I've been dead a little bit last. We just finished tour 48 hours ago. Yeah. But um, special time. I feel like this is like kind of a moment in time for us, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just meant. I, I, I'm proud of. I'm, re, I'm proud. Like I, I want to reflect on it more. I'm very proud. Like the whole group's together. It's great, you know. Yeah. Like Fader and Versace and just the whole fucking band, you know. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on. It's, it's funny, like our dynamic on tour because. Half the guys have been together since you know the end of time, and then the other half are just like strangers that are brand new. Get and brought on, and it's funny like seeing, you know, like like our crew with like the new crew kind of meshing together, mm -hmm. and it, it really is like summer camp where like the first week is kind of awkward and like no one mm -hmm. knows each other, and then by like a week later everyone's boys and like yeah. kind of all like gung ho and camaraderie and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's probably some of the best stuff that we that we do, just like. 
the openness and the family element to it all. And I think the fans feel like they're family too. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of these fans have seen the whole thing. Yeah. And it feels that way, you know. Um, How do you feel about the, the new guys on this, this tour? They were great. Yeah, I thought yeah, they were awesome. They were great. Yeah, yeah just to give perspective uh, in context, I mean, we had, we, had a, we, had a big, we had a big crew, the biggest crew we've had probably as far as positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, front of house, we had a sound guy for the first time. We had the LED wall engineer. We had a lighting guy. Mm-hmm. Vader was running playback. And that's, yeah. that's, just, that's just front of house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had David. And then we, we, had, had, new, we had our own merch guy who was incredible. Our own merch guy, a second shooter. So it's like we had a lot of new faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and ski, of course. Who can forget skis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. But yeah, special, it, special time. It was great. It was, so who, who's not, who's like, which guys aren't returning with us? I know. Uh, the I know video wall guy. Him? Joey. Joey, yeah. And then Daniel's not coming back, he said. The, the merch, merch guy, guy yeah. just has another gig he can't do on the second leg. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, these guys have, like, schedules that get filled out. So so their their lives must be crazy because they just do this for a living. Like, they're just always on the road probably, right? Yeah, I mean, and they're coming off times where they weren't, like, the pandemic. So right, right. I think they're a little more... Yeah, rocking and rolling all the yeah, time. Yeah, I can't imagine that life where like you just hop on from gig to gig. Yeah, I mean the merch guy is Chicago based. Like that, that Aragon Ballroom was his home base. That's mm. where he. So, and then he was on. He's on tour with Olivia Rodrigo. Nice. Um, so I think he's going. I don't know if it's Olivia. He's doing. He did Olivia before us. So I think he's doing it again. Her merch stand was probably a little busier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean they're they're playing. Uh, she played the Aragon Ballroom two nights. Yeah. Which is our, that was a fuck, that place is massive. I heard she did like six figures in merch in Chicago. Mm-hmm. something ridiculous. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So there was, there was some, I mean, there was some pretty crazy highlights throughout these past three weeks. Um, we can dive into a couple of them. I mean, we got <laughs> to start with uh, Syracuse. I don't think we've really like hashed. Arguably not a highlight. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like it, last time we sat here and spoke to each other on a podcast, I was talking about how I almost died. And now I get to sit here and do it all over again. Mm. But it's, it's, uh, I feel like we haven't really like talked about exactly what happened. I think we gotta go see a therapist for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck, talk about it, you never know, man. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, I remember talking to, my, talking to my girlfriend on the phone um, that day in Syracuse, walking down the street, taking a walk. It was like 4 p.m on a Monday or, or something like that. I think it was a Monday. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I used the word eerie. It's like eerily very, like a ghost town yeah. on a Monday, downtown city. Mm-hmm. Like no traffic. You could hear a pin drop in the city. Yeah, you see it people. Was, it was yeah. insane, yeah. I used the word eerie. I was like, is this eerie place? Like it's just mm-hmm. no one here. Um, and shit, man, we were on a side street in Syracuse. I mean, like I said, no one around in the middle of the night. When did this happen? This happened at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I was on the bus at 1, p- at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. with everyone, and I had the studio set up in the room, and I had some shit to do, and I was like, I don't want to do it. But I ended up catching a little second wind and went and worked on it. Mm-hmm. So I went in. I, wasn't, I was one of the only people not on the bus. Yeah. Um, 
I get a frantic call from Fader saying, a deranged lady just drove an 18-wheeler <laughs> into the side of the bus. Did you have to do like Twice. a second take when you... I was like... <laughs> like, what? I was like, yeah, I don't even know what I said. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, man. But, uh, man, you know, fuck. It's, it's, you say you never know, but sometimes you got to be reminded, I guess, of what you already know. Yeah. I mean, the, all these things are out of our control. Completely. You know, yeah. and it's, it's... She thought we were... So she came up to my security, my shout out Phil. He was like, when I'm not on, you know, he doesn't get on the bus. Forgot really. about Phil. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about Phil. Our, our first armed security guard. Yeah. We had armed security <laughs> on this tour for the first time. Who was like like our cool dad the whole time. Mm. He's like in his 50s, mm -hmm. but he's cool. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been with Conor McGregor for like years. Yeah. Um, and he's just like kind of hangs out around outside the bus until we get going and mm -hmm. lady comes up to him and essentially was like is there technology on that bus and he's like well you know it's a musician yeah we have some tech on there she's like fucking hackers man like there's you haven't heard about these identity thefts like there's there's worldwide hackers in syracuse right now she's like i got an 18 wheeler and he's just like all right you know like <laughs> get out of here fuck out of here <laughs> and uh granted he he's in new york so he doesn't have a right to bear arms right legally right so he has his gun but he can't shoot her right because i mean then it turns into a crime scene and he's getting arrested yep so the lady retreats to an 18-wheeler in like the rear side of the parking lot a big parking lot mm -hmm. proceeded to just drive it directly into the side of our bus trying to explode it mm-hmm in her mind, I guess she had hijacked it from a local like milk company. It was filled filled with milk. The milk milk truck. It was it was a milk truck. We got bulldozed by a milk truck. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, if she knew how to drive it, I think we'd be having a different conversation here. You know? Yeah, I was told it was going about like fifteen miles an hour when it hit us. Yeah, she she stalled out a few times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, eights and wheelers are not easy to drive. So yeah. I don't even know how the hell she hijacked it. And additionally, she hit us twice. So she hit us, she backed up, and then she hit us again. So you were on the bus, right? Yeah, my perspective was completely different because I was fucking dead asleep, just, like, absolutely out. And I, I awoke to the first hit. And, like, I talk about, like, not knowing what the fuck's going on. Like, you go from, like, unconsciousness to consciousness. Yeah. And... You don't know like if it's a dream or if it's real. I didn't know if we were driving, if we had already left. I, I like I, I had no idea what was happening or where we were. Right. And all I heard was like ten seconds later was someone screaming, saying, "Everyone get off the bus!" And like, everyone's just fucking running in a panic. And we, we, <laughs> like, like I, had, I literally like in my mind, I'm like, this bus is either going to explode or there's like a shooter outside or like I had no idea what was going on, or like if we were about to fall off a cliff. Like I had no idea. I'm crazy. <laughs> and I just heard everyone like screaming and saying, get off the bus. So, like I'm running off the bus and like we don't even have time to put shoes on, pants, nothing. Like half of us are in our underpants. We have some incredible footage. Yeah, we de we documented it, thank God. But we're at like, I'm, we're in our underpants. I'm running out barefoot. And like as Blue and I are like going down the stairs at the exit of the bus, she fucking hits us the second time. And like we fucking flung out. And that's when I like bent my thumb back and like I like hyperextended my thumb. Mm -hmm. Um and then like I got out and like I realized we were still parked in the same space we were before the entire day. 
And I turn the corner and I see this fucking 18 wheeler. <laughs> and then people are like chattering about like, you know, what might've happened. And they said, well, we got hit twice. So it wasn't an accident. There's no way it could have been an accident because she hit us twice. And then we see smoke coming out of the 18 wheeler with the lady inside of it. And apparently she had fired a flare gun. After she hit us the second time, she fired a flare gun off in the fucking truck, probably thinking she was trying to like explode everything. I don't know. So like when I saw the smoke, I thought like everything was going to explode because I didn't know what the smoke was coming from. So it was, it was fucking freaky. And then, and then uh, when Phil went to go check out the situation, the lady in the, in the truck, uh, he finally gets her to come out and I hear someone scream, she's got a knife. And she pulled a fucking knife on him. <laughs> and Phil is just total badass, keeping the keeping the hand on the trigger like down here, and he's just getting her to like back up, back up, back up. And then the cops come. Cops responded pretty quick, huh? Cops came within like five minutes, and then like a whole SWAT team came, and it was just, they they finally <laughs> apprehended her. And I I heard she's like is she like actually got charged for like attempted. Oh, she has 10, 10 counts of murder. Att attempted murder. Attempted murder. Oh my god! I mean, she's gonna end up in the in the loony bin. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, can't be mad at her. These are like the, these are like the things that end up on like Cops or like Judge Judy or like these shows where like you can't even imagine. Judge that, Judy. You can't imagine <laughs> that like this thing could have happened in real life, but it actually happened. I can't believe, I still can't, I don't even think we, we just all compartmentalized it and moved on. Cause we had, we had and, and the, yeah, the funny part is, we had this like eleven, this cozy eleven show run, <laughs> yeah. with like off multiple, just like had, many just had off a great days. off day. Had like a great meal. Had, great off day. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh no, uh, it was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were in Cleveland the night before. Yeah, and it, my birthday was this day, and we took it out to the nicest restaurant in Syracuse. P.F. Chang's. <laughs> it celebrated the birthday, and then this shit happens. <laughs> That's some Shirley Temple's things. The vibes were high. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I, dude, I don't know. Like, so within three weeks, like, I get in these two like catastrophic accidents that are like completely out of my control. So if you see the footage of me from like after this it. truck accident, I just have this blank stare. And I like I kind of remember darkness, my old friend. I'm trying to remember what I was thinking about, and like in my head, I'm like, I'm like, I just gotta just, I just gotta like, Stay quit, I, just gotta, I just gotta quit and just go home and just like sit in bed all day for like Stay in my house for, for, like, a while. for like a month. <laughs> yeah, oh man, that's what life wants. That's that's what the the tricks your mind will play on you. But it's a part of life. These challenges, we you can't control these things. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know, it's it, it is life. Yeah, it I is. mean, and think about the people who wake up and just got a little bump on their fucking on their back or a little pain in their stomach and they go to the doctor and they have fucking terminal cancer. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell did they do to deserve that? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. it's a part of life and we, we live a we live a fairy tale, man. Mm -hmm. You know? Maybe these things are maybe our reminders, you know? Well, there is an equilibrium in life. So when things are going really well, you just got and a yang, man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta expect something to happen eventually. It's truly a yin and a yang. All the spiritual stuff that I'm I'm into, all the greatest spiritual teachings talk about this uh, the balance of the universe, all laws, the universal truth of mm -hmm. the yin and the yang. Yeah, you know, the nothingness and everything, and how they they need each other, and the, the dark and the light, and it's just part of it. 
you know? Yeah. So you just got to thank God you survive, you know? Some people don't get that. Yeah. Some people, you're just driving down the street and you get fucking, some guy loses control and you get, you're, you're dead, you know? Like. Oh, I know, yeah. My, I mean, my first accident, like, I, it was like the, it was a, it was a freak, like, it was a freak on accident, if that makes sense. Like, it was, it was freaky that I didn't get really injured, you know? Yeah, you got somebody, well, maybe you got someone watching over you, Stevie. Yeah, I don't know, I'm not going to question it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... It's part of it, you know? Yeah, that, right. ni- that night was wild. And then, you know, we, we then went on to have some of our biggest shows ever. Yeah, so, so that night... <laughs> so, like, we were... I was just getting my feet wet. Like, in the beginning, you know, I hadn't been playing in three years. So... We were only, like, three shows deep. We have all these point. new songs and this new level and this big cr- bigger crowds and mm-hmm. bigger group and... You know, and my voice, everything, I'm getting used to it. I'm just getting it. I'm like, just getting into a sweet spot. I feel like we're just got everything firing on all cylinders. And then as this happens, I mean, you, uh, it happened the night of us going on a three show run, Boston, New York, right. Boston, the the only challenge of this tour like yeah logistically where we like, needed to be the most rested we needed to be rested just be at our best yeah be efficient um i was taking like my rest schedule very seriously and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know it's that old saying like you make plans and god laughs yeah because because that we you know we were meant to be challenged and then like on the on the on the flip side like i'm thinking logistically like oh like we're fucked like the bottom line of this tour is fucked because well we didn't know if we were going to be able to travel on that bus yeah like obviously I'm thinking you know the bus was definitely damaged but there was a fucking eighteen wheeler on the side of it we couldn't tell also it was all dependent on the slide that comes out right and mm-hmm. she hits right where the slide is more mm-hmm. or less so the slide's damaged and we're thinking you can't drive with the slide out mm-hmm. so now my wheels are turning I know how hard it is to get a bus right now. Yeah. We couldn't get it was it was hard to get a bus with four months advance. Never mind fucking two hours. Mm-hmm. So my wheels are spinning. I'm just thinking, all right, well this whole thing's going to shit. Like we're just gonna have to fly around and rough it. Yeah. Um. And you know, then somehow our hilarious old retired sheriff cowboy driver Ron, <laughs> who very quickly developed a fan club on our tour on our bus. We love we love Ron. Um, cool as a cucumber. Yeah, just uh, somehow got it. He's like, if this thing drives, we're fucking driving it. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, like we got the slide in just enough so that we could drive. And we're thinking, all right, well maybe we could just get to Boston and we'll source some Sprinter vans and just figure it out. And mm-hmm. turns out the bus uh, she held up. The bus <laughs> held up. Yeah. It was just so fitting that not my first rodeo tour just limps into the next. <laughs> limps into every city a damaged bus and everyone's traumatized everyone's just like literally has ptsd yeah um yeah and we went on to put on some of our you know the best shows of our lives after that yeah well you said i mean you said this a few times when we did chicago which was one of our biggest shows and then dallas which ended up being our biggest headlining show i asked you how you felt about it and you just said it felt normal right is that Mm. what you said Mm. what do you mean by that exactly yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not even to say, like, it's not, like, coming from a place of confidence. It's it's just more so, like, I think there's a few factors. I mean, we've built it brick by brick, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've done 500 fucking shows. Yeah. I've played 500 shows. We all have, mm-hmm. you know? 
And I've put out 10 years of content and music. So it just felt right. If that not maybe less normal and more just felt right. You yeah. know, like mm -hmm. felt fitting. I felt, this is how I felt about the music when I was making it. So then when it happens, I'm like, yeah, you know. Um, and I just had this vision in my head. I saw it in my head and then it just kind of, it felt like it was just like, I talk about the mind a lot mm -hmm. and, and how you can create your own, your own universe there, you know. And uh, for whatever reason, we're in a position in our lives that, you know, we're we're getting this real chance to actualize it, you know, and I don't, I don't know for what, you know, I, mm -hmm. maybe it's just my our turn, you know, this life, the universe is conspiring. Also, to be fair, the music's better. Yeah, you know, no, I'm saying even on like a, on a higher level, just yeah. like, you know, I know people have visions in their mind and it doesn't come to fruition all the time. And mm -hmm. I'm not try, here to say like. All you gotta do is think about it, it comes true, man. Yeah. You know, it's, this is normal. But I think it all starts with you finding the sound and making the music. Yeah. And when you found the sound and you made the music and the music ended up being better and the whole sound is just like, yeah. it's just better. And then even still though, like you do that, yes, right? But then like, I was in the fucking thick of it in LA and like understanding the business and just, it was very, the whole thing was very frustrating. Yeah. And very corny and almost like, at one point makes you want to just say fuck this shit you know mm -hmm. but i'm able to persevere those and turn the page on those feelings pretty quickly because like mm -hmm. am i going to pity myself because i don't like the music industry yeah i mean i we're doing something really cool people people would love to do what we're doing so yeah you know i say that to say like it's just dope to it's just dope to see it come to fruition and there's there's another factor to it where like you make the music and you know it's better. Mm -hmm. But then there's that whole hoop to jump through. Like, how do you get this in front of more people? You know? Yeah. How, how to, maybe the people just don't take to it the way you think. You can't control other people or mm -hmm. what people want to hear in the world, you know? I think the cream rises to the top, though, at the end of the day. Yeah, my you dad know? used to say that all the And it time. is it is hard when you're a new artist, you know, and you're starting from nothing. But someone like you who's, you know, been in the game yeah, we've for, built it up for a, a decade, it's like, People already knew. A lot of people already knew about you, and then you come out with like this incredible record, and then yeah. But then you have that rebrand happening, and you yeah. have you no, know we did everything right, and like you know the the way we attack social media, the way we do this podcast, like it's you're doing everything right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I felt this way for a long time. It's just mm -hmm. dope. You know, this is our payoff. Yeah, and you know, the payoff is just. The payoff's sweet when you when you do it your way, and that that's what I'll say to anyone who wants to build something, you know, and and sees what we're doing and likes it. Just know that like, it takes a lot of a lot of hard work, it takes a lot of, but it takes a lot of self belief, you know, mm -hmm. and why I preach working on yourself so much because, you know, we're in a we're in a field where it's like all about. You need validation from others to do what we're doing. Like every ticket sale is an external validation of like you, mm -hmm. someone else liking you. Yeah. You know, and wanting to support you, wanting to be in the room with you. Every every t-shirt sale, every stream. You know. Mm -hmm. So you have to love yourself and love what you're doing for other people to love what you're doing. Yeah. I truly feel that way. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm. I kind of. I think like, is there? It's not a coincidence whatsoever where you saw me change who I am. 
and become somebody who works on himself a lot mm-hmm. and reflects a lot and and is constantly trying to get better because I had to fall in love with myself again, you know, like mm-hmm. I had to I had to fucking validate myself and then look at the external validation that followed, you know. Yeah, do you think that that work on yourself translated to the success? You yeah, think so you attracted the success? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm getting at. I don't think that's a coincidence at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um not to say that every guy who has success is like doing that, you know, but I think in, in our circumstances when we're we're kind of willing it to happen, you know, it's not we don't necessarily have any like outside forces working with us behind us in mm-hmm. regards to the music industry, you know? Yeah. I do. I, I really do think I, I preach it. Like I I detached from the results. I went inward and then I got the I got the external results I always I always coveted. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh I think that's that's probably the biggest takeaway, I think. And I, I that would that would be my favorite takeaway to share with with our listeners and just with the with the people that care about us that, you know, I think in in your own version, in your own universe, in your own you know life, of what your goals are. I think I think that's probably the best takeaway you could take from our story is just betting on yourself over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. over and over again, and constantly checking, constantly looking at yourself, constantly looking in the mirror, evaluating. Yeah, get better. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. You know. <laughs> yeah. Get, try to get as try to be better every day you know and, and that sounds super cliche but it's at the core level like that's kind of what we're doing you know yeah and and when it becomes habitual you you start missing it like like i i told you like when we're on tour it's like i can't wait to get off tour just to start you know getting to the gym again eating healthy again start reading books again going on walks again absolutely because you, know, you miss once you start making that a part of your life and, and that's, miss it. that was, this was, a, it's a great reminder though, like, cause we've, we've been away from touring for so long and maybe that life, you know, granted we lived like we were on tour a lot the last year and a half, you know, we partied a lot and mm-hmm. traveled and we're changing scenery. So it had that tour feeling, Yeah. but you know, it's a reminder when you're like, you f- might feel a little bored in that mundane state of like, it's a challenge to me internally, personally, when I'm, I'm like three weeks of like not drinking and yeah. not going and looking for a stranger to fucking give some girl, you know, <laughs> to like give me some kind of attention. Yeah. Um, it's a reminder, you know, like the way we're living, the reason this is working for us, I think, and the reason we haven't fallen off the fucking wagon is because it's the yin and the yang again, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we're able to do this and do it well the tour stuff and we can go all out and have fun and mm-hmm. do what we want on the, on this. But then you have that whole other side of the coin when you, you're working on yourself and that opens the door to this mm-hmm. and it's this fucking self-perpetuating right. cycle, yep. you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, you don't, once your body starts feeling like shit and your mind starts feeling like shit, what the hell does it matter when you go on stage if you can't, if you can't feel good? Yeah. You know, so what's the matter if the crowd, that's what happens to these artists that, kill themselves or poison themselves mm-hmm. or have to numb themselves to the point where they're they're gone. Yeah. And you see it all the time because I have those sensations sometimes, you know, I it's a weird feeling. Like you you have these dream this, you know, this 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 dream of what you want to achieve and then you achieve it and you're there. You're right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 
you want to you envisioned what it would feel like or imagined and then and then you're there and then you have that real feeling and that real and and it can be it can be kind of scary you know because maybe you don't feel so good some days or mm-hmm. you know it's it's not necessarily all it's not going to be how you imagine it you know but it's it's a beautiful thing like the whole thing's beautiful i'm i don't think without the self work and the inner work i don't think i'm able to like what's the word digest it all yeah. properly you know yeah but I, I am i'm proud i'm proud you know i went through and I didn't go out to the bars really at all. Went last night and I hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to the club and yeah. got paid to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Which like I'm not. And your parents were lit, by the way. They were lit. <laughs> My dad was like, so I play this. Number one, I'm pretty sure I had COVID the last the last show. Like some of the guys we just found out have it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I felt pretty sick. Yeah. Like I just. I didn't have much energy, you know, mm-hmm. and I had my biggest show of my life. And, you know, that's another little like, hey, you know, yep. it's not always going to be what you draw, how you draw it up. But I had a great show, you know. Yeah. Then I had my one time I said yes to an engagement, get paid handsomely, mm-hmm. which I appreciate, you know, uh, to go do a club show. And I, I could have just fell asleep in the, in the green room after the show. Like I was I was dead. Mm-hmm. I got my parents there. It's their anniversary. It's Mother's Day. What was it? Their fortieth anniversary. Fortieth anniversary. Forty. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I just want to, from from my perspective, when when we left the show, we all like piled into a Sprinter van, yep. a part like a party bus, and I'm I'm rocking like a VHS camcorder, and <laughs> your mom's up there just dancing, like having the fucking time of her life. She was a go-go dancer that night. Yeah, and then we get to the club, and she's like, she, you know, she's up on the booth dancing, and your dad's just fucking like just slugging vodka drinks. Slugging. Them. <laughs> My dad was rocked, and they, they don't—they don't really party, you know. <laughs> they, the only time they ever drink ever is at my shows. Oh, uh, but like, man, the smile on your mom's face—that was priceless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really so was. much fun. Yeah, they had more fun than I did. Yeah, um, which was which was awesome, you know. Uh, I'm like, I get up, I play the songs, <laughs> I get up, I literally get off, and I'm just like, All right, let's get out of here. Yeah, and my dad was like, I'll stay. <laughs> like he wanted to stay. You could tell back in the day, Big Mike used to get after. Him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like after, big time. For sure. Yeah, he had a, he had a, He's got that swag about him. Yeah, like he used to throw down. He used to get after for sure. So, um, they had a great time. Spent spent Mother's Day and their anniversary together here. And yeah, that's special. I'm actually gonna go. Uh, I could say it cause I'm, I'm gonna go surprise them, and I'm gonna go home. I just haven't seen. I didn't get to see Brielle on tour. She she didn't feel great when That's I was right. in Boston. That's right. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of had a realization yesterday because I'm like dead. I'm pretty sure I was still sick, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Just like my parents, I get when my when I spend time with them, it's always like at my thing, you know, at my show on your terms. Kind of all this yeah. hoopla, yeah, and like they're not trying. You know, they're not spending time with their son. They're spending time with like. Their artist son, who's yeah, like yeah. on tour, and they're yeah. very proud and happy, and they're oh, taking yeah. it all in. But mm-hmm. I don't know, just not getting like real true family time. So you're yeah. headed home too, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see Tyler Sagan tonight. They're playing the Stars mm-hmm. in Dallas. Uh, I'll go with the boys. I got Blue and Skis, and we're gonna go. And then I'll I'll go home. For you know, and surprise them and just spend time with them. I, I'm not going to think about work. Yeah. And then, 
you know, we'll, we'll restart our engines, you know, we're going to, like I said, go to Miami and get with our operators and it's actually really exciting as a businessman. Mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of have, I might have the keys to the car finally, like yeah. for, for growth. Well, I think like a, a big part of it is, uh, is letting go a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like when we're talking about having like a CEO for each of these branches and like mm-hmm. having them run it. Yeah. A little piece of you has to kind of let go. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you feel about- It's funny you say that. How, like, cause I mean, you, you've always been someone that like likes to have your hand in all of it. Mm-hmm. And which is a good thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you have all this going on, there's no way. Yeah. Like you were saying, you barely have any time to make music cause you have all this going on. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to kind of let go of some of these things? Well, I think that was part of the issue. But then I also, you know, I think there's validity to like, I didn't, we didn't know where to find the right guys for a while. That too. Um, mm-hmm. And then I say all that to say, like, I've struggled so much with, like, keeping the wheels moving on our fucking business bus mm-hmm. that, like, I'm actually really ready in the mood to surrender. Um, and, you know, I'm still at the helm of it all with Foley. Mm-hmm. Um, critical decisions and creative, creative right. any creative. Mm-hmm. Now we'll just have, here's our idea. Let's actualize it. Here we go. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, which I'm actually fired up for. Um, letting go is is something like Evan, who just texted me right now. Evan Britton talks about like that's what life is. It's just a surrender to yeah to constantly yeah. And, and with these brands, it's hard because like you created them from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. It's like they mean a lot to There's you. There's also, dude, I realize like I'm having an in, I have an internal battle going on like constantly. I feel like I'm shedding skin all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Even like talking about not part, like partying used to be it for me. Yep. Like touring was the shit because every night we fucking celebrated and partied our ass off. And I feel like I earned it and it was great, you know. And then you sh- I, I, I start to disconnect from that, you know. Uh, and, and then I feel like I'm losing a part of myself, you know. I have a girlfriend who I've, I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast now, I think, mm-hmm. that brings this out of me, you know, like kind of highlights the things just through she's you know how it comes from a di- very different world but like we talk about this kind of stuff and it's it's cool but i it's almost like therapy like i'm thinking about it and i i'm constantly surrendering and and i and i'm then when i'm not doing well it's cuz i'm not i'm not surrendering mm-hmm. i'm like trying to hold on to a piece of my identity yeah. you know, like my ego like this is oh this is what i do yeah you know what I mean? Like, yeah. stop trying to change me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? To myself, even like. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's a it's the awareness, the self awareness talk we talk about all the time. It's a it's a gift and a curse. You know, it's a it's it's beautiful, and it will continue to I think make life the the most fruitful it can be for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's challenging, and it, it's it's shining a light on yourself. It can be painful sometimes. So yeah. You know, I'm constantly surrendering. And then, like, you talk about our age and you talk about our time and how much of this is left and this, what does it look like? It's just another another reason to surrender, you know? Yeah. Another thing to surrender to. And and all we, our intentions are, are there. We're, we're going to fucking, I'm going to keep pouring gas on the fire, you know, mm-hmm. um, until until it doesn't feel right to do that anymore. And I think we have our biggest sprint ahead of us right now these next two years or so so i agree i agree that's where we're at you know but it's 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 a great time to be us great time to be alive 
you know, it's a lot of people work their ass off and don't get to necessarily relish in the rewards the way we're, we are right now. Yeah. I think we're going to look, I mean, I know we're going to look back at all this and just the best times of our lives, you know, like mm-hmm. so much, so much adventure and it's fucking dope. Especially when you spend like 10 years building the foundation of something to finally see the house begin, yeah. to, begin to erect above ground. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's how I see it. It's, it's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Finally got a nice big house to live in. Yeah. <laughs> the house is being built right now. <laughs> yeah. We're finally above ground, I feel like. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you could argue we've had success for a long time and in, in ways we have, but for y'all like to understand the finances of it all and like the ecosystem that we're building and it's just like yeah. what it really takes to become truly like fruitful. Shit, man, it's a lot, it's a lot. Doing yeah. it this way, it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a fucking grind. Mm-hmm. But the grind the grind is isn't even the right way of putting it. It's the journey. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's all just a journey. And the destination constantly changes and evolves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. who knows where it goes, man. I'm, I'm excited. Got a lot of, we got a lot of uh, resources being built right now that at our disposal, whether it's financially or network or opportunities coming in and investments and other ventures and um, who knows where it goes, but it's it's just a great feeling to have uh, have the options and the the potential to to really take it to to another level for ourselves, for our families, for our lives. You know, going yeah. Forward. Speaking of the journey, I mean, we're we're a hundred episodes into the podcast. We started it in 2019, I believe, which is kind of wild to think about. Um, throughout wow. throughout all of it, I mean, it's. You know, we can pat ourselves on the back because, I mean, especially at this level, 100 episodes and sticking with something every week for two and a half years is is incredible. Um, what what part of the past two and a half years have you enjoyed in this whole process? Fuck, man, I, the the podcast is so important to our overall feeling right now and our mm-hmm. overall success. Yeah, the temperature with the fans. I mean, I have, I just. Coming off tour is the perfect time to reflect on this because I, I mean, it's a music tour, mm-hmm. but I have so many people saying like the podcast changed well, my life. It's funny because you're doing these meet, not meet and greets, but like the VIPs before the show, you're doing the Q and A's and you're up there like Gary V or like talking about spirituality and like, yeah. you know, we just posted one of them on your TikTok about like you talking about like alone time yeah. and the importance of being alone. And like you said, it's a music tour. So it's just like, yeah, I, I mean, crazy. do I think we go on a podcast tour? Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in doing new things. Yeah. That's what I've realized about myself. I love I, I love think, I think the podcast tour would be bigger than you think. I think so too. Like I think we'd be doing bigger rooms than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and whatever it is, but like I'm a, I've re- I'm realizing that I, I love innovation, you know, and and it's just on a personal level, like innovating myself, mm-hmm. innovating our brand, innovating what we do. And if I was just one thing i didn't have these other parallels i don't i don't know if any of this would be working the way it is you know yeah it's all the podcast is so special it's so organic i mean i'm just so happy we did it Mm -hmm. and i'm really happy we stuck with it because i think at one point we were kind of thinking it was just a time filler Mm -hmm. until the mic brand was launched yeah and um i've had some of my favorite conversations i've had it's truly been therapy for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think it's served as therapy for thousands and thousands of young people um, in their own way, however they, they digest it all and just maybe contemplate things they never contemplate. And what's better, what's better than positively impacting somebody? Yeah. You know? That's why we're here. Yeah. Not, not like you and me, like all of us. People, yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah, people, like why, what's better than that, you know? What are they going to, that's how you make real fans and, and real connections. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can make somebody dance and sing and that's cool. But something about what we're doing, just the, the, the genuine feeling of it all um, has kind of encapsulated a large group of young people in, you know, in the world, in the country that, that support us kind of like almost like an undying loyalty. You know, like we have a bit of a cult thing going on. Mm-hmm. And I think the podcast and its role is like a big part of that. Super happy we did it. Spend some. I, I've learned that I truly like talking about, you know, contemplating and reflecting about life with yep. with people. And it's kind of something that's a lost art, not even an art. It's just like, obviously, it's not lost on anyone. Every podcast is taking over the world. But I think that's why podcasts are booming the way they are mm-hmm. because we're constantly here. Yep. Constantly here, there, everywhere. Besides, right here and in the for room. For an hour, you can just yeah, just be, be right there be with somebody and fucking connect. I mean, that's mm-hmm. no no doubt brought us closer. Just yeah, think about the dialogues we've had. We don't have the. I mean, when we're t- we live separate lives. We're under the same roof, but you you know yeah. you're doing your own thing. I was talking about that with Blue last night. Like you know, we, we're kind of all doing our own things, even though we're living together. Yeah, yeah. Which is why it's the only reason it's worked. Yeah, living with fucking four guys for 10 years is, yeah. is a challenge mm-hmm. but that was the natural evolution for us to survive yeah but without the podcast i wouldn't like just sit down next to you and being like mike how are you feeling today like <laughs> so let's talk about the last 10 years <laughs> you know what i mean like we never would do that drinking tea yeah we never would sit down you would never pull up a chair in my hotel room and fucking talk to me about how i feel about let's reflect on the last what weeks. we've built <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. So it's it's it is a special thing and it's just another wink from the universe for me to just continuously be open to the possibilities and say yes more than no, you know? Yep. Say yes to the new things and fucking give it your all, you know? Be there. Mm-hmm. Present. When I think of like the spec not the spectrum but like the the timeline of our content over the years um I feel like in the you know in the beginning we had like the the Sunday stud days we had the Torings Borings and in a way like that stuff back then shaped the, our fans yeah. in a certain way absolutely when you went to shows it was about you know getting fucked up drinking mm-hmm. partying blah blah yeah like, it was a, it was an all out like Jimmy Tatro put it it was just like <laughs> fucking peak, peak. bro <laughs> and then you know you move forward and it was a little like space of time when you're like we weren't really doing we're in no man's land we weren't doing like youtube content stuff like that every week and then we did this podcast again and then that started to shape our fans in a different way Mm -hmm. um and it's just kind of like maybe come to the conclusion that like all this content we've been doing over the years hasn't necessarily been building the fan base but it's been shaping the fan base Mm -hmm. which i think is really cool Mm -hmm. yeah we we I, i can't tell you how many people uh are impacted it's something to be really proud of yeah we don't we don't talk about it much you know but dude 10 years ago like that my inbox was filled with like nudes yeah girls wanted to like snapchat their titties and yeah. now like 
the inbox is just flooded with like, man, thank you for the podcast. Like it's really made me think differently. And it, it, it's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? crazy. It's crazy to think about that. It's crazy. Like what you put out like is what you get back. Exactly. Yeah, it's wild. Exactly. Yeah, man. And it's, it's I don't think our, I think our success, we've attracted the success. Mm-hmm. We're putting out positive energy out into the, to a bunch of people, you know, choosing mm-hmm. to use our platform. I mean, can we talk about fucking sex stories every episode for the next five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we would get more of that, you know, like, which maybe you would want. <laughs> <laughs> no, not every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, you know, it, uh, it's just a real genuine connection that we've built with a lot of people and that turns into fruit stuff that's that's the fruits of our labor is literally like these these crowded rooms people spending money to support us mm-hmm. and then in turn supports our lives mm-hmm. it's a crazy little like full circle thing you know yeah marcus i mean got to see marcus we talk about full circle that reminded me just like marcus is out on stage i mean you know i'm playing this fucking arena like place in Chicago on a Monday night. Yeah. Tuesday, I go out and throw the first pitch to him on Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. which was dirty, by the way. A lot of sinking action. <laughs> it was. It was nice. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, can't take him for granted. No, dude. I I feel I feel the exact same way. I mean, it's especially the Chicago show, or even like any any of them really. Like since I was fourteen years old. Love to play guitar and I love to videotape. Four, 14 years old. You, like, you'd catch me every day either playing guitar or shooting something on a video mm-hmm. camera since I was 14 years old. And then you look at these shows, you know, you look out in front of 3,000 people and what am I doing? I'm going out, I'm playing guitar, and then I go out and then I start videotaping. <laughs> so it's like, I, like, talking about like the past couple of years, but like reflecting and re- like reevaluating and I start to actually like think about that when I'm out there. I literally wanted to pitch. I wanted <laughs> to throw pitches in the big league field. And yeah, like my mom was just talking to me yesterday about it. She's like, you would go up in your room and write raps when you were like 10 years old. Yeah. And I just like kind of forgot about it because, I mean, Fader was beatboxing for me in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. I had a talent show and I was rapping my own raps. Yeah. Not like singing another song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now he's fucking my tour manager on like a seven-figure tour. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the same breath going out and fucking throwing pitches on a on a big league field. It's yeah. The whole thing's it's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. It's but the, what what the last few years have taught me is that instead of like having to wait to reflect back on how crazy it is, I'm now like present enough to know about it in the moment yeah so like when i'm doing it i'm like wow this is crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. which a lot of people i think they just let it pass it by and like you know we've done it for a decade we let it pass us by in the moment mm-hmm. so that is pretty wild my girl's calling over i'll never answer hello what are you doing say hi to the wine cake podcast crowd you're on you're on you're live on the air <laughs> Do that. Do not do that to me. <laughs> it's our hundredth episode. It's our hundredth episode, and we're just talking about you. No, don't do that. <laughs> I'll call it. How are you doing? Where are you at? No, I'm telling you, I'm back because Allard has meeting. But guess where we went? Where? Did you know that New York has a place called Serendipity? 
serendipity that's famous for dessert. Oh, yeah. I know about that. Kilmer knows about it. I didn't. Why didn't he tell me? (laughs) He doesn't know that's our thing. Serendipity is our thing. Like, dessert is my thing. And dessert. How was it? Amazing? Yes. Like, I I mean, I've been here a lot, and, you know, Brittany lived here, but I never knew that it existed, and apparently everybody does. I guess it's normal people. Normal people. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm gonna call you right back. I'll call. I'll be done in like ten minutes. All right, bye. All right, bye. That was nice. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's. Uh, I think that's probably that's that's probably the best notion to take from it all. It's just like, I don't. I think I went through a lot of the early phases of this not being totally present. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. but. It's nice to do this and be present. It's the best, dude. I, the Chicago show, like to date, at that time, it was our biggest show ever. And I was about to go out and like play guitar with skis, and like I'm looking out, I'm like, oh my god, this is incredible. Yeah. And then, dude, I went out, and I'm like, I'm so excited to play in front of all these people, like the amazing venue. My fucking wireless cuts out, and my guitar doesn't even play. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> it doesn't even play. And like I'm like struggling, and like to go plug it in and the chord and everything, like midway through the song, and and like at the end of it. Didn't bother me one bit. Yeah, like the old me would have been, I like, would have ruined my whole week. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have been like, "Fuck!" Like, this, like of yep. course this would happen. Like, but dude, I like it happened, and I just had the biggest smile on my face. I'm, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, everyone's here having a fucking great time. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> you know, right? Like, I, it's just yeah. That was a that was like a interesting moment for me, anyways, because I just know how the old me would have reacted. Yeah, I can relate. You know, the Dallas show. <laughs> yeah, our biggest show. We had the. We had technical difficulties. Of course. Walking out, like my in-air disconnects. Yeah. And then like the time coding's wrong for the first few show first few songs. And then I'm also like literally mid-show, I'm thinking, God, I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I never have those. I'm so present when I'm on stage. Yeah. And I'm like, I had I literally had a corrective thought. I was just like, I was just fucking that's how it's supposed to be right now, you know? Just mm-hmm. just fucking rise to the occasion, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's talk about the power of the now. That, this is kind of the goal of it all, right? To, mm-hmm. to actually exercise it and not, and not fucking lose yourself in the moment, you know, too mm-hmm. much. So great times. Great times to be a Steve, man. Where'd you get that hat? My dad gave me it. It says, trust the universe. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's great. Yeah, my dad. I got my, my parents... Uh, Got him on the wave. Yeah. I mean, like, my dad kind of was, and then, you know, just life happens. And he, he was. He put me on it way, way back in the day when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I would visualize, like, me hitting home runs for games and stuff. And yeah. And go and do it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So it kind of uh, has him back on the wave. Like, they're very happy I retired them. Well, I wanted to talk about this because I was talking to your mom backstage in at the Dallas show mm-hmm. before yeah, before the last show. And she, she brought that up, that she's finally going to get to retire. And you obviously helped out with that. Yeah. And I think they're about, are they going to move? Yeah, I mean, like, like I had to, like, I gave him, like, a real talking to when I was home last. I was just, like, you know, like, I, I wasn't even planning on telling him that I was going to retire them right then, but it just came up. Yeah. And, you know, I was, it was a, that was its own conversation and, very happy and emotional thing but mm-hmm. also like they just they only travel to come see me and they've just been in rhode island their whole lives and i just 
I just want them to, I mean, they're, they have a young energy still. Like, mm-hmm. who knows how long that lasts? Yeah. They're in their early 60s, you know? Do you feel like they had an attachment to Rhode Island yeah. and where they're from? Yeah, you know, just that generation and yeah. they have memories in that house. Of course. And, you know, but even my, I'm with my whole family, I'm going to move them all. I'm going to move them all to Texas, I think, with, wow. with me. Mm-hmm. So my sister and Brielle and... There's no, there's nothing like if I were to have any regrets, it's to like not be as near, like close to my family as like physically as possible mm. as that, you know, because I mean, that's just life though. Like life takes you in different places. But if I were to like change anything, it's like, wow, I wish I could just see my family every day, mm. you know, because uh, if you really get down, you know, I, I probably, and I still visit my family a lot, probably, you know, five or six times a year. Yeah. But when you, you really, job when that. you really boil it down, it's like, that's what, like 20 to 30 days a year. Yeah. That you just see the people that are the most important to you. Like, it's hard. So, it is. So I think what you're doing is, is great. In the fact, That's the goal of this yeah. whole thing for me, you know? Yeah. So just just time where it's, it's doable now. And yeah. We'll see. Because I know my mom, she would never leave her town, ever. Yeah. No matter what. <laughs> zero chance. She fucking wrote my dad to live there. Her, her fucking, her mother lived there. Her mother came from Italy, moved to that town, like... Her sisters live in that town. Like they're never leaving that town, mm-hmm. never, <laughs> ever. Yeah. So like, if if I were to ever do anything, I'd have to literally move back to Boston. Yeah. Which I mean, who knows? But yeah. Uh, but I think that's great. And if that all comes to fruition, I think that's going to be awesome. That's the plan, big boy. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Retiring your parents. <sighs> really good. I mean, I'd be. It's probably mine was like kind of my main goal of the whole thing. You know. So. Mm-hmm. Another milestone reached, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there's still steps to take, and I'll feel really. I think it will hit me when I can fucking walk down the street and they're right there, you know, something like that. So yeah. same same sentiment shared with you. Just like couldn't I wouldn't change one thing about anything we've done, but I would love to see my family more. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to. It looks like I'm gonna get to bring that to life, and it's it's it's, it's great, you know. Got a lot to be grateful for. You just you, you the challenge is to feel that way truly. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have bad days and shit, you know you just remember that and actually use that gratitude to lift you out of them. You know, which yeah. I think I'm doing pretty good with. But I th- you know, I think there's a lot of work to do, and I'm excited to go back into inner work on myself. That was the caption I wrote yesterday. I posted like a kind of end of tour thank you and. I'm excited to go back into seclusion and work on myself every day and work on my craft again and mm-hmm. keep feeding the people what they want and shit that can help them and help us and we're on a we're on the magic uh carpet ride still, you know? Mm-hmm. Who knows when it ends. Yeah. But it's fucking ride till the wheels fall off, you know? We can end on that. Let's end on that. Till the fucking wheels fall off. Cheers. Cheers. Get emotional over here. <laughs>